Hello, everybody. Welcome to another episode of the Comic Source Podcast. I'm your host, Jace. Uh, this is another Kickstarter Spotlight episode. Today, we're going to be talking about a campaign that just went live yesterday. It's for a one-shot comic called Marguerite versus the Occupation. And I have a couple of the uh, creative team here to talk about the book. Uh, we'll start with you, Jason. Why don't you introduce yourself? Let us know how uh, you contributed to the book, and then we'll give uh, John a chance, and uh, then we'll launch right into it. Well, hi, I'm Jason Fleece, and I'm the editor of the book. John, Jason kept it short and simple. So how about you? <laughs> I'm good. I'm good. Uh, my name is John Lazar. I am the writer of the book. Fantastic. So, uh, you guys, this isn't your first Kickstarter. We've done you've done a few now, uh, previously successful. So uh, maybe you can speak to this, Jason. Can you talk a little bit overall about um, previous Kickstarters, um, kind of about the the, the publishing uh, initiative uh, of Resistance Comics? Yeah, John came to me. Uh, gosh, I guess it was uh, a year and a half ago, something like that. Uh, and said, I want to start uh, publishing my own comics. Would you like to come and edit? And I said, and I, and I jumped at the chance. Uh, and we have done now three uh, one-shots um, under the banner of Resistance Comics. Um, uh, they are all uh, uh, gently political, I guess is a way we could put it. Um, uh, and uh, they're, they're all sort of uh, John and I cutting our teeth and learning what we're doing as we make comics together. And I, I, I'm, I'm really proud of all of them. I think Marguerite versus the Occupation is a really fantastic story that I'm excited for people to look at. Yeah, John, uh, would you say that there's an overall theme of, of these comics that are published under the, the Resistance comic imprint? Uh, yes, definitely. Um, actually, so I also have a uh, political blog that I've been running for close to five years now, actually, and it's very uh, resistance-themed, as you can probably guess. And uh, just as I was starting it, I was taking some classes and kind of starting to dip my toe in the waters, finally chasing that dream to make comics, which I've wanted to do since... You know, I first started reading them in seventh grade and, uh, you know, obviously I have a passion for politics, but we also have this um, uh, loyal, uh, small but loyal and fierce blog audience. And it just seemed natural to make politically oriented comics to pitch to them because uh, it's definitely uh, it's definitely a challenge out there when you're just starting out with uh, no name recognition and no audience to uh, build up that comics audience. Yeah. And there's, uh, there's been sort of in the past couple of years and it, it comes up periodically where you'll get a subset of comics fans saying, I'll leave the, leave the politics out of my comics. I, I, you know, it's supposed to be escapism, yada, yada. And, and my argument always is, well, you know, these are stories about human beings 99% of the time. And to be human and to live in society is to deal with politics, whether we're talking about the organized politics of a particular country or just the politics of, you know, your family dynamic or the dynamic of a superhero team. Um, and I, I sort of have to take it with a grain of salt and, and sort of chuckle a little bit when they say, yeah, I want them to be like the comics of yesterday that weren't political. And I, I think from action comics one with Superman fighting slumlords to Captain America com comics, number one with him literally on the cover punching Hitler comics have always been political. Um, so I, 
you know, I, I think when we talk about any sort of storytelling, it's a way to start a conversation about, about life. And I think comics are inherent uh, or politics rather are inherent um, to human interaction. How do you, how do you, do you agree with that? Do you think that's true? Oh, definitely. I mean, uh, you know, it's so, yes, that particular, uh, <laughs> that particular toxic voice in uh, certain corners of fandom, it is, it is very uh, prevalent and gross, but there's always been, um, there's always, there's something inherently political about, you know, the whole notion of, well, if we're doing right and wrong, like, those are not, uh, you know, those are not objective terms, like what is right and what is wrong. And if it's, you know, Superman smashing the Klan, uh, there's a there's a political judgment call in here. And actually, all of our books so far are, you know, largely about what motivates someone to leap into action mm -hmm. and, um, you know, stop watching and start participating in the world. Mm -hmm. That's been a theme in everything we've done so far. Yeah, and a great, great, great theme, and certainly a theme in, in uh, Margaret and the Occupation. We'll talk about that in a little bit. Um, but I wanted to ask you, Jason. So, as much as yes, comics are political and always have been, whether you want to admit that or not, as a comic mm -hmm. reader, it's just sort of the objective truth. Um, there does have to be a balance because it does still have to be entertaining, right? And as an editor, sure. that's sort of your job to make sure that you're not being hit over the head with these ideas. Uh, certainly they're woven into the fabric of the story, but you, you have to take care that it's still entertaining and not preachy, correct? Sure, absolutely. And I mean, look, you know, I, I come from a school of thought that all art is political. It's, that's, I don't know if John agrees, but I've always thought that felt that all art is political in some way. Um, but you're absolutely right. You've always got to get at, at, at the heart of something. There's always got to be something to draw the reader in uh, or the audience in. Um, and uh, something that I, I'm really proud of the work that John and I have done is I think all three of the, the one shots that we've put out so far have been really entertaining um, with really rich characters. Um, and I think really terrific art. Um, yes, they're political, but they're not just a political screed. They're, they're, they're also uh, interesting and deep um, and I think really entertaining. Yeah, I would agree. I got a chance to read uh, Marguerite versus the occupation and, uh, it, yeah, it was very, it's a very high quality comic. It's a great story. Um, a cla I think a classic story. Uh, and there, there's something to be said when we talk classic stories for whatever reason, especially here in this country, we, we have such nostalgia for kind of the heroes of, of world war two. Right. Mm -hmm. Um, we've had plenty of wars since then, but I, I don't know. It, and maybe it's because there was some, there's been some question on how, should we have been involved in this particular war or that particular war? Did we really have the moral high ground as opposed to World War II? We can look back on that and say, you know, I think everybody can agree, no matter what side of the aisle you're on, that we did what we had to do when we were on the, the, the side of right. And history has borne that out. And, mm -hmm. you know, with, with perspective, maybe we can look back on some of these other wars and, and feel the same way. But we, we haven't gotten there yet. Um, but certainly in this uh in this instance, I think that's the case, and and it's probably why people enjoy stories that are set in this time period um, so much more. Because yeah, there I don't think there's any sort of animosity or or argument that well we should, shouldn't have been there anyway. So, uh, John, why don't you kind of give a, a little bit of an elevator pitch? Um, you know, I mentioned it's set in in World War II. What is the the story of Marguerite versus the uh, the occupation about? Uh, so basically, the setup is we have a young French woman, Marguerite. She's about 19, fled her home, um, 
when uh, France fell and we're towards the end of the war. She comes back home because she can't wait to be back in her beloved home. And she discovers that not only is, uh, is her home still occupied, but the Nazi army has actually set up a machine gun nest in her childhood bedroom where she used to watch life go by in the valley below. So it's, um, it's taken, it's taken the situation and made it very, uh, personally invasive is, uh, is the idea. Yeah. Now, uh, we've mentioned the, the previous books from resistance comics that the previous two one shots that you've crowdfunded, does this tie in? Does it use any of the same characters? Is there anything that, um, people should know going in or does it completely stand on its own? No, it is completely self-contained. Did I just Sorry, we, we both spoke at once. Um, <laughs> I just said it is completely self-contained. All the one-shots that we've done so far have been completely self-contained. They're their own story. They're one discrete unit. Uh, so there's nothing you need to go know going in. Fantastic. Um, that being said, uh, do you feel, Jason, that people would get um, kind of a richer story experience if they have read the previous? Uh, are the previous ones set in World Were the previous ones set in World War II as well? No, actually, uh, both of the other two, uh, uh, the, the, the Worth and the Cost and Mine are the names of the other two, and they are both sci-fi fantasy uh, parables. Oh, gotcha. This is this is sort of our first uh, our first foray into into a more historical fiction, uh, and and with less fantastical elements in it. Um, so it's sort of a departure for us. Although I think thematically, as John said earlier, I think thematically they connect, uh, but it's definitely its own world. Now, John, what is it, uh, you know, I, I mentioned kind of my theory on why people seem to love World War II. Um, do you have any uh, thoughts about that? And kind of as a follow-up, would you like to write more stories in this time period? Oh, yeah, definitely. It's um, it's interesting, like when Jason talked about our other settings, uh, this one started as a science fiction story, too, originally, like months and months ago. And it, 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 uh, it was actually the idea of the gun in the bedroom that ended up landing it in a real world setting. Uh, we uh, did, did most of the writing of this uh, during the transition period between the election and the inauguration. And with all of that news going on, there was just uh, um, uh, the, the sense of exhaustion of just like, damn it, we, we beat you get right. out of the house right. um that kind of uh and that 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 feeling became marguerite's journey um which i which i which i think you know again talking about that sort of uh how how the appeal of the black and white good versus evil uh scenario you have in a world war ii setting is um you know it, it's it's definitely appealing here um but we also wanted to give marguerite a little bit more um a little bit more humanity and a little bit more like you know she's 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 not uh she's 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 not like a pure white knight doing the right thing because it's right she's she's angry she's uh she's she's really irritated at uh, at these people and she should be because they're uh they're awful people doing awful things to her home and her homeland yeah, well, I think um, when we when we talk about that, when we talk about World War II, we talk about war comics a lot of times, you know, uh, especially I'd say a lot of the sort of the classic DC war comics from the, uh, you know, late 60s through the 70s, even into the early 80s. Uh, you know, first of all, oftentimes male protagonists uh, and uh, very much black and white. No, no, um, you know, question about who was on the 
uh, right side and and who was the bad guy. Uh, but the other thing was it was so much about the action and the story, and it was you know white hat defeating black hat, and there wasn't. I mean, it, some of the best ones had a little bit of a, a personal bent to it, um, but a lot of times it was so black and white in terms of okay they're they're just following orders but they are on the, the side of right marguerite's story here is so personal you mentioned the the uh, gun being in her bedroom and as the story unfolds she's thinking back to events that have happened in her childhood in this town um and for me it does exactly what you guys were talking about in in uh in the beginning here uh, that idea of what's it going to take to get people off the sidelines and and get involved so um, can you speak a little bit uh, to that, John, of, of how that character development, I mean, was that something you knew like right away with Marguerite or was it something as the story uh, unfolded that happened organically? Uh, it's so funny. Like uh, the words you used off of sidelines, the uh, like the, 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 the tagline for our first book was uh, it's a celebration of people who get off of the sidelines onto the front lines. That's um, that's, definitely at the heart of everything I've done so far. Um, because, you know, because it's been so much a part of my life personally and so many people's lives, particularly, um, you know, particularly with a blog or uh, in addition with a blog, there's just been so much of that in the last few years. There've been people who sort of, and I'm one of them, who sort of let world events go by and, figured it was somebody else's job to take care of these things. And then uh, other people did, you know, some, some people with, uh, with uh, not the best motivations, they were the ones who made, who made the choice and they put some people in power and um, you know, so many people that I know and so many people that I've met through this work um, have this experience of, no, it's actually like, it's got to be me or it's not going to be anybody. Um, so it's very, uh, like, like it's very, uh, that's, that, that's the, that's the bug chewing on the back of my head in all of these, I think. What do you think, Jason? Well, I've always been interested in the idea of art as activism. Um, and, uh, that, that's something that, um, I feel has come through in the work we've done together, uh, with Resistance Comics. Um, and I think, uh, it comes through both thematically uh, in the stories and also in the idea that that it would be great that these stories would propel someone reading them to make the make the leap into activism to be the one that jumps out into the front line, um, right? It would be great if if this was a kickstart for people to do that. Yeah, and I'm I mean I think again going back and setting in this setting where there's not really a question of whether or not uh, you know the the access powers were were correct or not. <laughs> it's a good reminder, you know, hey, get off your butt, do something in whatever way that that means, whatever that might might mean to you. Mm -hmm. uh, well, let's talk a little bit about some of the other collaborators on the on the project here that you you have, Jason. Uh, can you uh, talk about the, the artist and the uh, the colorist? 
Yeah. Um, well, uh, this being it being 2021, uh, you know, we found both Casey uh, Quevedo and Laurel Dundee, our artist and colorist uh, on the Internet. Um, John and I haven't met them. Um, although we've been uh, more than thrilled with our inner, with our with our our email interactions with them, um, and uh, I think that Casey brings a really strong um, element of characterization. I think that Marguerite and Edward, the other major character in Marguerite versus the Occupation, I think they really sort of leap off the page because of um, the work that Casey has done, um, and I think that he has really. Um, created these interesting characters, taken these interesting characters that John has created and and brought them to life. And then I think Laurel, our colorist, has done really tremendous work um, fleshing out this world and turning it into this, uh, this, this beautiful landscape for everything to take place in. Um, so I've really been thrilled working with both of them. Um, they've both been a dream to work with and I'm, I'd be delighted to work with them both again. Yeah, I think uh, especially the color really helps to set the the mood. And, you know, this this whole story takes place over just, you know, the course of one day. Um, and you definitely get that sense of, um, I don't want to say foreboding, but maybe maybe menace uh, is, is the right word that you feel the danger that, that Casey and, and Edward are um, are in. Uh, let me ask you, John, how did you find the, the collaborative uh, process with uh, with the artist? Was there a lot of back and forth in terms of character design or did you just kind of hand, hand the script off to them and, and they kind of nailed it from the beginning? Talk to us a little bit about that. Oh, it's been, it's been great. Actually, one of the goals uh, that we set uh, starting on this project was to um, increase the sense of collaboration. Jason and I both come from theater and uh, the collaboration in comics is very, very different. Um, I'm used to being in the room with the whole team every day, making it together. And this is more like we touch base and then we go back to our corners and we do our thing. Um, we actually did this script Marvel style for just that reason. Um, and one of the reasons that um, Casey was so appealing to us is he's uh, he's professionally trained at the Qbert school. So he's, um, he's a really, um, he's a really clear storyteller and uh, the collaborative process with Casey in particular um, and the openness of, of the Marvel style script. Uh, he, in all our communications seemed really excited by it and it gave him more chance to uh, be creative rather than me pointing and telling him where to do everything. Um, we actually found Laurel um, before we found Casey and uh, again, like I think there was something on our website uh, that, yeah, yeah, yeah. She says, um, she's talking about the woods where she grew up and she says, I strive to recapture how I felt in the woods when I was younger, the sense of wonder, the certain magic that existed there and the fierce love for those spaces that inspired a need to keep them safe. And I saw that it's like, my God, that's, that's, that's the story we're working on. Yeah. Um, it was, it, it was, uh, it was, it was incredible. Um, and the minute the colors started coming in, you see that sense of, uh, affection for place. That's, it's so important to Marguerite's journey and she just, uh, knocks it out of the park. It's pretty incredible. We're, we're really happy with the entire team is what I'm saying. Yeah. And, and, you know, to, to give credit where credit's due also the lettering by Tobin, um, is it Ras Rasico? Is that how you pronounce it? 
You know, I'm not actually sure. We've only ever emailed with him. <laughs> Because <laughs> uh, because here's the thing, and I, I remind everybody about this when it comes to lettering. They're kind of the unsung part of the team, um, and I, I always compare them to baseball umpires. And if you're you're watching a baseball game and the umpire's name is never mentioned, you know they've done a good job because they should be in the background, right? If they become part of the fabric of the game or the story, and you're talking about them, something has gone off the rails. You should not be talking about. It. It's the same thing with a, a letter. I think a lot of times people don't realize that. There is a craft to it. There is uh, a method to it. And it, if it's done correctly, you may not notice how much it paces the way in which you read the story. And we all know how important pacing is in comics. But if it's done incorrectly, it pulls you out of the story, you notice, and that's the first thing that people will call. I couldn't even read that, whether it's illegible or it just doesn't read correctly. The it, comic doesn't feel paced correctly. Um, and yeah, as I went through it, I read it. Um, and I thought it, it was paced beautifully. So we have to give Tobin the credit uh, as well, um, especially because there are times where uh, there is a lot of back and forth between Edward and Marguerite, you know, and that needs to flow uh, correctly. And it does. And Tobin, Tobin's the, uh, Tobin's the only collaborator who's been with us on all three books. And we've been really lucky and grateful because, um, He's he's he he hasn't been shy about like pulling us back when we're doing something wrong, mm-hmm. uh, and it's just great to have collaborators with more experience. Um, he's which is why, you know, we'll keep hiring him as long as we're lucky enough to be able to keep doing this. He's fantastic. Tobin, yeah, is great. I, I think a letter will let you know when you've got. You know, you really need to let the art tell the story sometimes, and you don't need to reiterate what's in the art with more words, especially when you have art as beautiful as what Casey's giving you. Mm-hmm. Uh, well, let's talk a little bit about uh, the campaign itself. So d- full disclosure, everybody, we are recording this before the campaign has actually gone live, but it will have gone live by the time this comes out. Uh, as I said, uh, it's going live on the, the 20th of July. So by the time you hear this, uh, if you're listening to it on release date, which is the following day, uh, you can go, you can check out, I'll put a link in the show notes. You can go, you can check out the campaign. Um, what are some of the tiers, Jason, that people are going to be able to uh, to see there on the campaign? Well, our most basic tier is a, a digital copy of the book. Um, uh, but as we, as, as we go up, you can get a hard copy of the book. There is a, an alternate cover by Marvel artist, Sebastian Paris, um, that we are offering as, uh, as, as tears go up, you can get copies of, um, our other two books, uh, the worth and the cost and mine, which John is showing off, uh, in, in his zoom box right now. Um, those are also a part of it. Um, and then for fans of, uh, John's blog, I'll let John and explain this this tier uh yeah yeah we um we have uh we have a rogues gallery uh, the the the, uh, the the political blog has lots of comic book elements uh shower cap blog if anybody wants to check it out but for for fans of the blog we're um we're letting we're letting you choose the new entries in our rogues gallery um and i'll write them up write up an essay and create a graphic in the uh in the uh, blog house style, so you get to uh, you get to pick a pick a nasty and let me skewer them for you. Um, <laughs> it's been a, been a successful 
reward tier in our previous uh, in our previous campaigns, which is you know, which has been pretty lucky when you're just starting out and you don't have a stack of old comics to offer. Right. Exactly. Uh, well, let me ask you guys this: the is this comic is Marguerite versus the Occupation? Is it already completed, or are we crowdfunding in order to uh, finish paying for the the printing and, and that sort of thing? Where are we at logistically? Uh, the comic itself is done. You've read it. Um, uh, all the that this is uh, all that needs to happen is for it to be printed, um, and uh, we're going to send it to the printer uh, as soon as the campaign is over. Um, one of the one of the perks is uh, a thank you in the book, um, and so uh, we've got to wait until uh, everyone has pledged in order to put everyone's name in the book. Um, but it, it will be printed and shipped out soon after that. Great. And uh, John, assuming that this is just as successfully funded as your first couple of uh, Kickstarter uh, campaigns, which congratulations, uh, you know, two for two so far. Hopefully it's going to be three for three. More plans for, uh, for more crowdfunding? Oh, yeah, definitely. Um, we've actually got something completely different um, on, on, on the burner that we're, uh, that we're working on right now. Um, it's... Uh, it's a, it's going to be a fun little tribute to some old silver age superhero stuff. Um, we've, we've, we've put together a fun team for that, but it's, uh, it's, uh, it's a lot of fun to just uh, switch gears and switch genres. And um, yeah, we're having, we're having the time of our lives, man. We can do whatever the heck we want. It turns out uh, yeah. and just pitch them out there and see if folks will buy them. And uh, so, you know, so far we've been lucky. Yeah, I mean, I think it speaks to the quality of the work you're doing. I think it speaks to just kind of where we are in the comic industry right now. It's a golden age of story and the fact that you guys are able to do this. Cut out the middleman. There's no publisher. It's you speaking directly to your fans and your readers, uh, people that like to support what you do. Um, and, and clearly they've shown up for the first two and hopefully everybody uh, shows up for this one. So uh, I imagine a lot of you uh, regular comic source listeners haven't heard of Resistance Comics before. So uh, I will remind everybody, please go check out the Kickstarter. Again, link in the show notes. Even if it's not for you, and I don't know why a really cool World War II story wouldn't be for everybody, but even if you, you don't think it's for you or you just don't have the means to join the campaign right now, even though you might want to, best thing you can do to help out John and Jason is to share it on social media. Let's get as many eyes on this thing as possible. So anybody that does want to join or is really interested in checking out uh, Marguerite versus the uh, occupation, as well as perhaps the previous two uh, comics, gets a chance to see it, right? I, I say all the time, there's nothing worse than finding out about a Kickstarter that you would have loved to have been a part of, uh, but it ended two days ago or three days ago or what have you. So uh, please go check it out, even if it's not for you, share it on social media, but I would encourage everybody to uh, to go ahead and pledge and, and check out this title. So uh, as we're wrapping up here, let me ask you, Jason, is there any place online that uh, people can follow Resistance Comics and know when more titles are coming out, or maybe they just should follow you on social media? What's the, the best way? I recommend following me and John on social media. I am at J-A-F-L-E-E-C-E, -E -E, um, and John is at C-A-P-S-H-O-W-E-R. Um, so we're both on Twitter, and I think that's a really great way to follow us both. Great. And I'll put links to their Twitters in the show notes, everybody. So again, if you're having trouble finding them, you can go and, uh, and click there. So uh, as we're, as we're finishing up here, uh, John, I want to wish you best of luck on the campaign. Uh, anything else that you want to share with our listeners? 
Uh, no, man. I just want to say thanks for uh, taking some time to give a boost to some folks who are just starting out. Uh, we really appreciate it. Um, so thank you, man. No, oh, it's my pleasure. And this is a very well done comic. I was very impressed. Uh, and again, to, to Casey, if you, if you watch this, Casey, the art's fantastic. Uh, and, and the colors as well, Laurel. Uh, I mean, I, I was blown away. This is a high quality art. It, it really is. Really, uh, really good, really good team. And we were really, really lucky to find them. Yeah, agree. Just, I mean, fantastic. So uh, what about you, Jason? Any last thoughts? Uh, just check us out. I think it's a great comic and I'm really proud of it. And I really want people to read it. Yeah, I would, uh, I would echo that. It's definitely worth your time, everybody. So uh, thank you, gentlemen. Best of luck with the campaign. Uh, to all you listeners, we want to thank you for your support. As always, we wouldn't uh, be here if it wasn't for you. So uh, please go check out the campaign. Share it on social media. We really appreciate the support. And we'll talk to you next time. You can find the Comic Source Podcast on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, Google Play, or whichever podcasting app you prefer. Please tell all your friends about us, subscribe, and rate us. The ratings really help with our visibility and our ability to reach new listeners, especially five-star reviews on Apple. Also be sure to visit us at lrmonline.com to join the conversation, access the show notes, and discover all our other great pop culture content. If you want to email us, the email address is thecomicsourceblog at gmail.com, or you can follow us on Twitter, twitter.com forward slash thecomicsource. Do a search for The Comic Source on Facebook and Instagram to follow us on those social platforms. All three spots are great places to find out when we release new episodes as well as follow all our convention coverage. So once again, we want to thank everyone for listening, and we'll talk to you next time.